1: Here's your host of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast and your new personal cheerleader, Daphne Gomez.
0: Welcome to the Teacher Career Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Daphne Gomez. In this episode, I interview Megan Wardwell. She is a former teacher who left the classroom after 13 years to transition into a role as a customer success manager for an ed tech company. Listen in as I talk to Megan about how she picked this path and what resources she used and what her role as a customer success person for an ed tech company actually looks like.
1: Hey, Megan, thank you so much for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So
0: Megan, you were in the classroom for 13 years. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your
1: experience in the classroom? Sure. So I got my degree in elementary education and I started my career um, in fourth grade. And then actually I moved up with my kids from fourth grade to fifth grade. I was in fifth grade for two years. And then from there on, I was in third grade. When I earned my master's degree in reading education, I then became a reading specialist or reading interventionist, depending on where I was, they called it different things. But then I was out of the classroom and kind of pulling small groups and working with students who were struggling with reading and um, helping, you know, in push into classroom sometimes. So when I left teaching, that's what I was doing. I was a reading interventionist.
0: How long were you in the classroom before you started thinking about careers outside of the classroom?
1: I was in the classroom. Well, it's funny because I was in the classroom for seven years um, and then I decided that I was going to make a switch. I decided to change the district that I was in. And actually, I got that from following you, <laughs> um, funny enough, because uh, I used to follow you like way back when. And, um, you know, one of the things that you had recommended was about changing districts and trying to find a place, you know, that you knew that you fit. So that's what I did, and I made a change, and I went to be a reading specialist, and then a position opened up in the district where I lived, um, and I decided to go back into the classroom and take this position um, in the district that I lived in, and I loved it. It was a great change for me. It was exactly what I should have done at the time, and I made new friends there, and the teachers that I worked with were great, and then I was there for about three years. And unfortunately, at that point, I wasn't yet tenured because um, I was just there for three years and their funding kind of you know, went down a little bit and they had to let all of their non-tenured teachers go. And so from that point, then I kind of was like floating around different places, trying to find, you know, where I would fit. Um, That's when I was doing, you know, reading specialists, reading interventionist, and trying to find the right place. And then COVID happened. And so that threw a lot um, of confusion into things. Yeah, that's kind of how I, I worked through all those years. And I feel like
0: there are people who completely check out mentally when I give that suggestion. If I say contemplate if changing grade levels, if you just something about the classroom management of that specific age or the team members don't really mesh well with you or change schools, if you actually really like your district and your admin is awful, but you know there's a good admin somewhere and they might be willing to let you switch, try that out or change districts. Like there are people who hear that and know like that is not the solution for me. I am miserable. But then if you do feel like There's a chance that you're going to love teaching in that different environment. I always say go for that because that truly is going to be the easier switch. Not that I'm discouraging anyone to, (laughs) you know, what my whole thing is, but it also gives you the clarity that you gave it your all. So I feel like once you've evaluated a couple of different opportunities, then you say, now I've been in these different environments, or now I've come to this conclusion that I'm ready to move on from this because I have. I've gone to these different environments. Did you feel like after you went to that different school district, you were like a little bit more with closure, ready to move to
1: the next thing? By the end, I was, yes. So the one that, that, um, you know, I had to go from because of the funding issue. I, like I said, I was happy there. I loved it. I had friends there. The people were great. And from that point on, then I just kind of couldn't find that home again, if that makes sense. Like I couldn't find that same environment to replicate. And then in the meantime, I then had my daughter and then COVID happened. And then in November of 2020, my father had a stroke. And then in December of 2020, my sister-in-law passed away from colon cancer. So I was kind of teaching online, um, doing remote teaching when all of this was going on in my family with a newborn, then toddler. And it just kind of all got to be too much. And I realized that my work-life balance was all out of whack and it, it just something had to give. And knowing that I kind of always had in the back of my mind, like I wasn't happy with where I was teaching. I was trying to find that place. And, and I knew that I needed to make some kind of a change um, in order for, for myself to stay sane because with everything going on in my life, things were kind of turbulent. I am so sorry to hear all of that. That is such a extreme, perfect storm of very
0: stressful, out of control, out of your control situations. And on top of that, the uncertainty of a job, switch. I cannot imagine going through all of that. Can you tell me how you started to just look for
1: jobs even during that really stressful time? Right. Yeah. So um, I was lucky that at that time when all of those things were happening, that I was kind of doing remote teaching because there were times when the schools shut down and, and I had to be working from home. And, and that was important for what I was dealing with with my family. And then when we went back to school, but COVID was kind of still in the back burner. Like, you know, if my daughter were to get sick at preschool, she had to then quarantine for this amount of time and all the rules that were going on. I was then helping with my niece and nephew as well. And all of that happening, I really just realized that I needed to find something else that was going to let me be better for my family. I didn't feel like I was the mom that I wanted to be. I didn't feel like I was the daughter that I wanted to be or the aunt that I wanted to be. And um, I was just pulled in so many different directions. And I, I remember sitting down with my brother and I was like, I I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm not happy with where I am. I feel like, you know, I can't call out of work if I need to. And I feel like I'm kind of judged if I need to go deal with something with my family. And I really just knew that I needed to stop complaining about it and I needed to stop thinking about it and staring over it and coming, you know, to your page and reading stories over and over again and just make that jump. Like I needed to make the leap and it was, it was scary. I ended up taking a leave of absence from work so that I could kind of, you know, regroup and, and focus on myself and my family and what I wanted to do. And it was during that time that I took the leave of absence that I really then put Everything in one basket. You know, I I joined LinkedIn. I started to network. I purchased your course. I did the course and I really just started to say to myself, like, this is it. I'm going to make this jump and it's going to be good because this is what I need to do. I couldn't at that point see myself, you know, getting any better in my situation if I didn't make a change. It's such a hard decision to come to. And it's really hard to hold
0: yourself accountable for something that feels uncertain, right? right? You know, you can't promise when it's going to happen. And so most people kind of hold back and are filled with fear of like, I'm not going to try because I'm so afraid of failure. And but that step of, I'm going to move forward, I'm absolutely going to do this. Keeping that mindset is what ultimately helps you with all of the roadblocks that you're potentially going to face during a career transition. When you were looking for roles outside the classroom, I know that you were inside my course. Did you look for multiple roles
1: outside of customer success at first or did you just have one focus? I did actually, Um, when I started, I was kind of thinking about instructional design and customer success wasn't really on my mind in the beginning. I am very good with the computer. I'm good at like graphic design and, and doing the slideshows and things like that. So I kind of, I thought I was meant to go in that direction. And then just kind of researching more about instructional design and, and kind of talking with people on LinkedIn that I met. And I'm, I attended different kinds of like free workshops and webinars and learned more about it. And I just realized that maybe that wasn't really the avenue I wanted to go. I didn't want to just, you know, kind of sit at a computer and design things. I still wanted to be able to have those relationships with people and consult about education and things like that. So that's kind of where I I kind of started hearing about customer success. Um, and I was lucky enough to meet with um, Christy Faltrusso, who's one of the customer success leaders. and And she... Did like a, a Google meet with me and we talked for a little bit and I just, you know, picked her brain and I was like, you know, what, what does customer success mean? Because I didn't even really know what customer success was at that point. You know, I'm coming out of 13 years in education. Um, you know, I had a, a big learning curve. And the more she talked about it, I was just sitting there and I'm like, I do this. Like, I can do this. This is what I do. I feel like this, everything that I did, you know, in the classroom and in education, building those relationships, consulting with people, and kind of giving my advice on on what I thought, you know, curriculum should be like, things like that. I thought that this was the avenue that I should go down. And then so I kind of changed my focus. And then I just kind of honed in on customer success specifically. Because I think at the beginning when I started my search... It was too broad. I had too many things that I was trying to look for and too many things that I was saying I wanted. And I I knew that it wasn't like narrowed down enough. Um, I really needed to take that time and figure out what I wanted to do. One
0: Mistake that I think that is really common, especially, you know, you said it yourself, you didn't have exposure to roles outside of the classroom. We're so familiar with the employees that are inside of a school district. But when you're talking about these big corporations, you're not really sure what everyone's role is. One mistake that I think a lot of people have is they think that customer success and customer support is the same role. And they're very different. Did you start to find yourself making those distinctions throughout your
1: learning process? I did, yes. I actually, early on in my process, when I had an interview, it was for a customer success position and I kind of treated it like customer service. And I I feel like maybe with that interview, it kind of was more leaning towards customer service with the way the questions were asked and things like that. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely not customer service. It's, you know, trying to really first of all, get to know my customers and build that relationship and and build that trust and that foundation. And then just consulting with them, you know, about how I can help make their program successful, their implementation successful. I am I'm in an ed tech company. So luckily I get to still, you know, talk about these educational resources and how they can be used in the classroom and what the, you know, the best way is for the students to find success.
0: Let's go back to the entire application process. Did you apply
1: to a ton of customer success positions? No, but I applied to a ton of positions. I actually had like a spreadsheet that I kept. I think I applied to like 79 different positions. And I'll be quite honest, in the beginning, my resume was terrible. Terrible in the sense that not, you know, the information that was on it. Like, obviously, I had a background in different things and I had different skills. But the way my resume was set up was not the way that it should have been for corporate. and. I also was applying to like any position that I read and I thought like, oh, I could do that. I applied. I wasn't really gearing my cover letter to that position. It was just kind of generic. So I know that those probably first... I'll say, like, the first 20 or so, like, they weren't really the best that they could be. Um, and the more I learned and the more I went through um, trying to teach myself about the process and teach myself about the different positions and the, um, the different roles that the positions have, then I think my resume became better, my cover letter became better. And I really kind of, when I narrowed my focus, that's when I felt like I was making more of an impact with my applications.
0: Were you able to use the Classroom to Corporate Translations from the Teacher Career Coach course to improve your resume? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. They were super helpful. Do you feel like when you were looking through the course and you found that you had to go back and look at your resume like with a different set of eyes?
1: Yes, (laughs) yes, absolutely. And again, like you said, when we're in education and I was in education for so long, like. I didn't know how the words would translate and I didn't know actually reading some of the the positions in the beginning of my process I was reading them and and I was intimidated because some of the words I didn't know and I thought I can't do that or you know I'm not sure what that means or that's not something I've ever done before but then when I really sat down and again when I looked at the things in the course and um I realized like how certain words can translate and how they can be used in the corporate world. Then I realized I really did have those skills and they really were skills that I could transfer from teaching into the position I'm in now. Did you find
0: yourself learning any sort of tech tools? Like, did you learn Salesforce? I'm not sure if that's a customer success tool, but I know a lot of people are taking Salesforce for sales roles, the trailhead. So did you learn any tech tools like that just to
1: help you stand out on your resume? I did, yes. I took different courses on LinkedIn. Um, and as I would talk to people on LinkedIn from you know, customer success, I would ask them what kind of tools did they use and I would familiarize myself with them. As a customer success manager, we use Churn Zero. And actually in my, inter- my very first interview for the position that I'm in, they mentioned that they were going to be using Churn Zero and that it was gonna be coming along. So I purposely went out and kind of taught myself a little bit more about Churn Zero so that if I got called back for a second or third interview that I would know more about it to talk about it. Yeah, so I definitely once I focused in on customer success and knew that that's where I wanted to be, then I, I dove in and try to learn as much about the process and the tools and all the things about customer success that I could.
0: Yeah, some of these tools take longer to learn, like to so Salesforce, like I just said. That one I feel like is pretty intuitive for anybody who's been putting things into an LMS, like student attendance and putting all the like data in. You're going to be able to learn it surface level enough that you kind of understand it within a few hours is my assumption. But if you were trying to become like a Salesforce administrator, someone who's just in charge of managing Salesforce for an entire company, that takes like a full certification and a lot of training. With Churn Zero, did you have a long time that it took you to learn it? Or was it just a few hours?
1: No, and we're actually still learning it. I mean, we still do trainings on it um, in my company. They still, you know, are kind of doing these different trainings with everybody so that everybody learns to use it the way that they think is, you know, the best way to use it. So... No, it hasn't taken me long at all. Um, I really feel like all the different platforms and programs that I used as a teacher and a reading specialist when I was out of the classroom, too, they all kind of work similarly, right? So um, since I was good with technology in that aspect, I feel like that's really transferred over and and I'm learning things quicker.
0: So it sounds like you were upskilling for the very specific position and you may have gone through one or two interviews.
1: Did you interview for a lot of different customer success positions before this one? I think I maybe had, this was probably my third. So there might have been a total of three customer success positions that I interviewed for. Did they all have pretty similar questions that they asked you? The last two did, yeah. The first one was um, more like customer service type questions, more like, what would you say to this customer if they called with this problem kind of thing? And I could have really geared those questions too, because maybe I knew more the the second time around. They were more, those questions were more like, how would you consult with a customer and uh, what would you recommend for them? And if this was the plan, you know, things like that. Not as much as someone needs help clicking here and
0: pointing right. here and <laughs> opening this. right? And that's one of the things, You know, the course really covers all of the basics of what to expect with a job hunt process, because that's something that's so overwhelming and frustrating is if you have one instructional design position, it doesn't mean that any of the other instructional design positions are going to have the same job duties. Right. One learning designer might be completely different. One corporate trainer is going to be completely different. One customer success is more like a customer service role. And that also means all of these different pay scales that happened with it. Were you able to know what the pay scale was for these roles before you were interviewing? Or
1: was it something that you talked about after the interview? I think in the position that I'm in now, we talked about it I think I did three interviews for for this one. And we talked about it by the second one. So we didn't talk about it in the first one. I didn't bring it up in the first one. They didn't bring it up in the first one. And it wasn't on the job description. But by the second interview, we discussed it a little bit more. So at that point, I knew what it was. And you were in the classroom
0: for 13 years. Do you mind sharing if it was a salary increase or decrease? It
1: was an increase for me. Was that something that surprised you? Yes and no. I mean, I'm in New Jersey, so I will say that we're lucky in New Jersey that teachers get paid a little bit better here than, than they do in other parts of the country. But also the cost of living in New Jersey is much higher than other parts of the country. Because I was at a couple different districts, my pay fluctuated during my 13 years of teaching. So some districts were much higher, some were not. But I did, I knew that because I had my master's degree. And because I kind of had that experience that I could make a higher amount of money, if that makes sense. And that was kind of another kind of driving force for me is that I felt like where I was was kind of stagnant. Like I wasn't going to be making that much more money. And that was something that was a goal of mine. I wanted to be able to find something that I could progress in and I could, um, you know, keep earning more as I went along. Do you see a natural career trajectory
0: within your company of where you can go beyond the role that you have right now?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. There's definitely um, room for growth in the company. And the team leader that I have is just wonderful. And she really has made this process great. In my interview, even the first interview with her, she and the the girl whose position I was taking, they were both former teachers. Oh, Wow. Right. As soon as I started the interview, she was like, you know, don't be nervous because we were both teachers too. So just feel free. We're just going to have a conversation. And it was like right away, I just felt at ease in that interview. And I left the first interview feeling like they were friends of mine and it was just a conversation. Um, Yeah, it was really great. And so I'm learning a lot from her. And yeah, I mean, she herself has grown through the company. So she's definitely an inspiration for, you know, what I can achieve.
0: Did they ever give you any feedback about something that you did in the interview that really made you stand out above the rest of the candidates who also potentially were probably teachers who were transitioning?
1: No, they never gave me any of that kind of feedback. <laughs> One of the things I was trying to do on LinkedIn was, you know, put myself out there. I applied to so many places, as I told you, and um, for a while, it just felt like I wasn't getting responses. And it it's definitely a roller coaster ride that you're high and things are going great. And then it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not hearing from anyone or maybe the interviews aren't going well. So what I did when I applied for this one was I saw the post on LinkedIn and I messaged her directly on LinkedIn. And I said, you know, I saw that you posted about this position and I did apply through the the portal but I wanted to let you know how interested I am and this is my name and I applied and and I think that was something she did say to me during the interview process like that was something that kind of stood out for her that I I messaged her directly and you know kind of sold myself a little bit and so she knew to look for my resume in the portal especially when things are competitive
0: those messages show that you are one step more excited than other people like you are going above and beyond because if it's a role that you aren't that excited about and then it's like okay here's this three-step process in the interview we're gonna ask you to create a project and then upload it and if you're like i don't want to do this that's like an indicator you don't really want that job like they're trying to weed through the people who are just like, I'm just applying to any jobs. like I, And so when they do see that extra effort, does it work every time? Absolutely not. But if it's a job that you really, really want, does the extra effort hurt? No. When you were going through the
1: course, did you use any of the interview resources to help you? Yes, I did. I printed out so many of your things. I can't even remember at this point. It was like so long ago, I feel like now, but I printed out some of your charts and I had like notes on them and I would use it. Yeah, I definitely used all of the resources that you had. Did they ask you why you were leaving teaching? They did ask me why I was leaving teaching. Yes. And I was honest. Um, I said, you know, I'm looking for a better work-life balance. You know, I told them everything that had been going on in my life and and that it was really important to me that I found something. I specifically was looking for roles that would allow me to work from home and be remote. So, you know, I told them that that was what I was looking for.
0: So let's get into that a little bit more. Um, what does your day-to-day look
1: like, especially in this remote position? So every day is different. I'm able to be very flexible with my schedule, which is great. So I am able to pick up my daughter and my niece at school. And then, you know, I kind of just leave my computer, go do school pickup, come back, and I can get back to work again. Or if I have to stop, you know, and take my daughter to dance class, I can stop and do that. And then I come back and I can work a little bit more once she is in bed for the night. So it's very flexible. And I I greatly appreciate that. And then some days are really busy and uh, it's, you know, the afternoon before I've not even gotten up out of my chair yet. And then other days, you know, um, things are quiet and I'm able to continue to learn more about the products that we have and um, dig into my customers a little bit more and my accounts a little bit more. But yeah, every day is different. I have had to kind of learn how to manage my time. It was difficult in the beginning coming from teaching where we constantly have all these different tasks to do, right? So many things on our plate and you're having to navigate and and drop things to handle this right away or handle this. And when I first started working, you know, my email would ding and I would think I have to get right to that and I have to answer right away. And then this would go off and I would have to do that. But I really have had to learn how to kind of chunk out my time and just say, okay, I'm setting an hour aside and I'm going to focus on the success plan or something that I'm doing right now and not answer my email right away and then come back and say, okay, now I can answer a little bit. I had to kind of train myself out of that teacher mentality where you have to be on all the time and everything has to be quick and kind of learn how to manage that.
0: Let's dive a little bit more into customer success for those people who have like no idea what this is. What is a success plan? So you work directly with districts? Yes. uh, The admin, the superintendents, the reading coaches? The admin. And what is it that you do to provide
1: them support? So once the the sale is made in the company, then I come in and I kind of work with them to decide, okay, what are your goals? Like, why did you purchase the program? What are you trying to get out of it? Um, what will success look like to your school or district? And then, you know, we have that conversation and then I kind of help them decide how we're going to get there. So kind of, you know, building like a roadmap with them of what we're going to do, how are we going to deliver professional development, do your teachers need training, when are you going to use the the program, and things like that. And we just kind of have those discussions. And I'm kind of their their partner on the other side. So if, you know, they have questions as they're going through their implementation, they can contact me and, and I can kind of help them through it. That's One of the team members that I worked with the
0: most closely when I was doing my um, learning consultant position, where I was just free professional development, but for targeted accounts that had basically a customer success manager that said, the teachers really need support with productivity using this tool. And everything was completely free, but I would just create a learning program specifically for the teachers that were opting in and then I'd come after school sometime and train them on how to do something. And then we team up with the customer success people and say, okay, we did this. Can you see improvements on their end? Have they given survey feedback? And we would just have this like feedback loop. So you work with the learning and development team. You also worked with the schools and you also work with the sales team. You probably get a lot of exposure to all of the different departments with this role most you know once you get into a company you do see it are you surprised at how much you're learning about all of the different roles
1: at the exact same time yes absolutely and to be honest you know when i was a teacher i didn't know that all of this went on in a background, you know. I use so many different programs and and platforms as a teacher. I had no idea that there were like these sales. I mean, obviously, I knew there were salespeople, but the sales meetings that are that go on and the customer success meetings and you know all the ins and outs of how to make the technology work and how to roster and and things like that. I'm learning so much, so so much about all the different roles, and it's neat because I didn't know anything before, and I am. I'm a lifelong learner. I mean, that was one of the things that I loved about teaching, that I was always learning something new. And so um, being in this position really is allowing me to learn so many different things. I heard you say something at the beginning of the interview that I have to bring back up.
0: You said that you were not feeling like you were the family member that you wanted to be or the mother that you wanted to be in this new role in this time of your life. Do you feel more
1: like yourself, like the person that you wanted to be? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so much happier. I feel like my family would tell you the same thing that I'm more relaxed. I I feel like I can accomplish more and you know this summer was the first summer that I worked all summer because I usually was well, I wasn't always off in the summer. I did have some kind of a side job or tutoring or things like that, but This summer, I was working all throughout the summer. And as August came around, I was just enjoying the rest of the summer. And we just had family time and we just did family events and we spent time down the shore and all these different things that I feel like I wasn't doing before because I was just miserable and I was overwhelmed and I was stressed. And I just feel like now things are so much different. And I I'm proud of the the family member that I can be now because I feel like my work life balance has has finally straightened out. And I feel like there's so many times where just we just see the success story and we just see this
0: like transformation and we're happy, but then very jealous of the people. <laughs> like, we're like waiting for that to happen to us too. But you did apply to 79 jobs you did persevere through this really intense period of your life. And one of the questions that I love to ask people on this podcast is, what did you learn
1: about yourself during this process? I mean, I learned a lot about myself. Um, When I struggled in the beginning of my teaching career, I kind of felt like, you know, was I meant to be a teacher? Can I do this? And then changing districts made me realize, yeah, I, I... I'm good at what I do. I was meant to be in education, and then kind of going through everything that I went through. And believe me, I mean, every, what I went through was nothing like what my brother went through. You know, um, obviously, I, I don't, I don't try to say that that I was the one that suffered the most or anything like that. But going through what I went through and coming out on the other side with this story of. I made the change and I put the work in and I made the jump and I'm happy where I'm at now. I know that I'm where I'm supposed to be. I believe that everything happens for a reason. And I'm just so proud of the example that I have set for my daughter, my stepson, my niece and my nephew. Like you don't have to be stuck somewhere when you're unhappy. You can put the work in and you can problem solve and you can make a change and it can make a difference. And that was really important to me that I wanted to be able to set that example to show them that success can happen. I'm speechless. That was a wonderful (laughs) answer.
0: I don't know how to answer you at this point. Honestly, you told me prior to this interview that you were very nervous. You are such a strong, brave, wonderful human being. And I am so grateful that you have shared your story on this podcast And especially that you were nervous and did this because so many people are going to hear your story and that's going to contend you to inspire them and motivate them through what they are going through right now. So just thank you so much for being here and for everything. This it's just been a really true
1: pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I mean, you've been a support to me all along the way without even knowing that you were a support to me. So thank you for everything that you do. I appreciate it.
0: I wanna give a huge thank you to Megan for coming on and sharing her story with this audience. If you are just getting started with the Teacher Career Coach resources, one of the best ways for you to figure out what career path is right for you is by taking our free career quiz. You can find it at teachercareercoach.com forward slash quiz and it asks you a few questions about yourself and helps identify paths that might be a good fit for you. That's teachercareercoach.com forward slash quiz. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast, and we'll see you on the very next episode.